You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Welcome. I'm Chris Scott, host of Meeting Pod and contributing editor at Meeting Place and Alt Meat Magazines. Our guest today is not specifically a processor, but he has a job that focuses on helping protein companies not only meet a looming anticipated increase in the global demand for meat, but also helps producers and the meat industry improve their sustainability efforts. Indigo Ag specializes in helping consumer product companies, including meat processors, meet their sustainability goals by connecting them with supplies of lower carbon grain that then is used in animal feed. Ryan Jones will offer his perspectives as director, Market Plus Source, at Indigo, on how the programs this agribusiness partner offers can help a range of food industries improve their bottom lines and better achieve ever-expanding sustainability benchmarks. Thanks so much for joining us today, Ryan. Glad to be here. Thank you, Chris. Our pleasure. Let's start with a description of what Indigo does and what the company can do as a partner in several aspects of today's agricultural landscape. And where, for example, do things stand these days, more than a decade after the company's founding? Indigo Ag's aim is to enable agriculture to sustainably feed, fuel, and clothe the planet. So we're doing that through a couple of different methods. The first is through biological solutions, and the second is through our digital solutions. And so I'm here today really to talk about our digital solutions, which you set up in the intro, that are focused on quantifying the environmental benefits that farmers can generate through the adoption of sustainable practices and then passing that benefit on to companies that are wanting to drive down their emissions and improve their environmental sustainability. So in that context, what would you describe as some of the first steps your potential partner should take when considering a partnership with Indigo Ag? In other words, what types of qualities or operations delineate the most qualified agribusiness targets at this stage? Great question. We have partners all across the agricultural ecosystem, uh, ranging from climate-committed corporations, CPGs like Nestle, who are asking themselves, what parts of the supply chain do they want to drive durable improvements and really recognize sustainable change over time? They've done materiality assessments and have done a lot of work to understand the best ways that they can mitigate emissions within their supply chain and really just improve the sustainability of that for the long term. Specifically for processors and other suppliers in agriculture, we often ask them, what are the asks coming from your customers, whether that's upstream or downstream, and how can you help meet them in a scaled and repeatable way? Often, as different people have different perspectives on what sustainability means, it can be hard to create what feels like bespoke programs for each and every one of them. What we're finding is that there's more and more alignment today around what sustainability means and and how we can enable program that meets the needs of everyone. And so trying to figure out what's that solution, what's that common ground that can service all the different groups that you're trying to to help with. And then finally, for co-ops and retailers and others that are within that agricultural ecosystem, how can you serve your producer base by creating access to these sustainability markets and providing premiums for the work that farmers and producers can make and generating more sustainable feed and food. Sounds like a very customized process, depending on the needs on both sides. That's right. It's something that, you know, I'll mention this a couple of times because I think it's just the heart of what we do. Sustainability is a team sport. Uh, It's something that we have to really work to collaborate together on if we want to advance it at all. 
And based on the various needs that folks are going to have as they pursue what can be very ambitious sustainability targets, we're going to have to work together to find creative and unique solutions that can create durable change within these supply chains. So at Indigo Ag, our goal is really to enable companies throughout that entire spectrum of the agricultural value chain to make sustainability a key part of their business strategy. Um, And so if you're looking for a way to bring that to life in your own business, I'd, I'd love to talk to you. Sounds good. Now, the global meat industry has been warned that the demand for protein is expected to increase to what could become unsustainable levels by 2030. And while this sounds like a dire prediction, meat companies appear to be taking this projection quite seriously. Can you give our meat industry listeners a perspective on how their businesses could be affected without programs that measurably improve sustainability results? That's a great question. Global livestock emissions already account for more than 10% of greenhouse gas emissions, so it's a significant part of our overall footprint. Any additional growth that we experience in live production is likely going to generate even more emissions. So naturally, we have to try and solve this, this question of how do we do more with less? And this isn't novel to sustainability, and I think that's part of the reason why these programs can work. It's part of really any business's strategy of how they can do more with less. But particularly for sustainability, this is a key problem that we're going to have to solve. Many large corporate organizations have set very ambitious climate goals, like those from the Science-Based Target Initiative. And they're aiming to reduce the environmental impact of not only their owned operations, but of their entire value chain. You might have heard the term scope three, and this refers to that effort of reducing the emissions and the environmental impact associated with your upstream and downstream parts of your business. And in fact, For most of these companies, as much as 90% of their overall emissions footprint falls into this category. So it's a really key part of the areas that they have to try and mitigate and improve. So naturally, a solution for them is to engage with their suppliers who are a part of this ecosystem and figure out ways that they can reduce their footprints. And what we found by engaging with with processors and, and other suppliers as part of this agricultural ecosystem is that stepping in and leaning in to offering these solutions can be a key way that you can differentiate yourself as part of the business and find ways to improve your own operations in the interim. This sounds like a real big challenge in terms of also boosting the levels of communication, not only between Indigo Ag and its customers, but also the clients and their customers and the supply chain and the producers, etc., Is this part of the approach that Indigo Ag is using to not only improve the sustainability aspects, but also improve the communications? Absolutely. We have a collection of of wonderful partners in this journey, uh, over 50 different partners within the agricultural ecosystem who help us execute this work. And really none of this could happen without them and others coming to the table. The number of consortiums and working groups and collective organizations that have come together to try and rally around this is, has come out of that need to work together towards sustainability because we're not going to be able to solve it alone. So trying to find more ways that we can increase and improve the ways that we communicate not only will help us to meet those challenging sustainability targets, but I think, as I mentioned, it'll, it'll help with the other parts of our business too and establishing stronger relationships, which naturally is so key to, to agriculture. Absolutely. Now, Indigo Ag notes that its technologies aim to improve the sustainability and traceability of food that eventually becomes available to consumers. Can you provide some specific context on how that can be achieved when it comes to meat processing and meat products, and maybe even touch on 
the sales factor when these things get to retail? Absolutely. So sustainability means a lot of things to different folks. And I think that the consistent common ground that I've found in working with a a number of different organizations across the agricultural value chain is that you're trying to solve the question of how are we here in 20 years? So you, you talk to a producer and they say, you know, I'm concerned about my water. I'm concerned about my soil. I want to be able to pass something on to the next generation. Um, that's for them trying to solve this question of being here in 20 years. And then throughout the supply chain, it's ensuring the surety of supply for many years to come. Uh, and so when you think about traceability and improving the quality and, and quantity of agriculture more broadly, sustainability can be a piece of that as we all work towards that common goal of just being here in 20 years. Um, there's some really interesting science emerging too that I think is fascinating to talk about. Unfortunately, I'm not the, the scientist that knows all these, these points, but crops grown and meat raised with regenerative practices have been shown to have better nutritional features than conventionally raised foods. So specifically looking into meat, you can see a higher ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 fats, which is really interesting. And I think as more of these programs continue to develop and the science and technology that we enable allows better tracking and um, the manipulation of the data so that we understand the benefits that are coming out of this, we'll have a better sense of the other benefits and co-benefits that come out of it. That's going to be a very high factor in terms of marketing some of these products down the road as more studies come out on the benefits of omega-3 and other types of improvements in our food system that makes sense. That's right. And on that consumer journey, I think you can see that even just, you know, with the, the range of prices you would see at a grocery store right now for, for a dozen eggs, um, that consumers are really interested in where their food's coming from, how it's been raised and, and how it's been processed and what that means for their own health. As this continues to scale and we're able to provide more traceability through the supply chain to enable product level claims about regenerative practices, I think we'll see a continued increase in interest and demand and willingness to pay for consumers for this sort of information and and programming. Absolutely. Now let's take a quick break for a message from the sponsor of today's episode, Munters Corporation. Today's podcast is brought to you by Munters. With pressure to process faster and faster, how do you ensure quality? Industry 4.0 is important to all of us, but smart, sustainable production improvements start by adding dehumidification. And consistently low humidity levels mean you'll accelerate meat processing with faster production cycles, resulting in higher output and improved overall efficiency. Again, by eliminating excess plant moisture, you'll improve quality, uptime, and working conditions. Learn more by visiting Munters at M-U-N-T-E-R-S dot com today. Now back to the podcast. And we're back. I'd like to hear about some of the work Indigo Ag is planning to help meat companies boost their sustainability claims, since an increasing number of industry players use those results in their operations, their corporate reports, and in their marketing campaigns. What kind of reactions are you hearing from those prospective partners or current partners so far? So prospective and current partners are really excited about what we do. We have a proven record and track record of of our techniques that we've executed with the largest food company, the largest retail company in the world for more than five years now. We've also worked with protein companies like Maple Leaf Food to figure out ways to improve the sustainability of agricultural production. And we're excited to continue partnerships within the protein space as we recognize it's a really challenging area for sustainability. 
there are a lot of different levers you could potentially pull. It's unclear what might work or what the, the best investment might be. Uh, but we believe through our science and technology that we have a solution that is repeatable, scalable, and broadly applicable to protein production. Now let's return the focus toward greenhouse gas emissions, which have been climbing in recent decades and have become a target among some consumers when making their decisions when it comes to meat consumption in general. Can you walk us through how your company's programs can directly affect the greenhouse gas challenge in the near future? Absolutely. There's two areas I'd like to to focus on. The first is feed, and then I'll come back to grazing in a minute. Feed production can account up for... pork, 50% or more for poultry. It's an area where there's a significant amount of opportunity to drive change uh, and reducing land-based emissions by engaging with the farmers who are producing the crops that go into feed. Meat processing companies can take advantage of this to significantly reduce their emissions and drive improvements in their sustainable sourcing by thinking about and engaging with the crops that end up in their feed. This ranges from a wide variety of practices, often in the regenerative landscape. Folks will talk about cover cropping or no-till, but there's other things that we incentivize and encourage as well, like thinking about when and how much fertilizer that you're applying and being really creative and tailored strategies for a specific geographic region that can boost yield and just create the most efficient use of resources towards generating the feed that we have. It's an exciting area of of opportunity, not just because of the the impact it can create, but also the interoperability across different feed supply chains, where we have programs that work in corn and soy, and uh, you can connect these to to many of the protein supply chains that that folks are interested in and and drive significant change uh, through these relationships that you might not have had visibility into previously, but are key parts of your broader supply chain. On the grazing side, Indigo's doing a lot of really interesting research in this space. We are part of a $30 million grant from the USDA Partnership for Climate Smart Commodities. Uh, This is led by the American Farmland Trust and other partner organizations to spearhead an effort to transition the U.S. beef supply chain to carbon neutral. It's an eight-state project that will amplify production of climate smart beef by expanding market drivers, grassroots support networks, and early adopter mentors while also providing technical assistance for the adoption of climate-smart grazing practices to substantially reduce agricultural greenhouse gas emissions and increase carbon sequestration. So really excited about the work that we're continuing to do in this space and excited to bring that to others as it continues to grow. And increasing yield is the kind of thing that everyone's concerned about from buying cattle and raising cattle all the way to the slaughterhouse. Absolutely, yes. And it's a key part of you know, going back to that original question of how do we do with more with less, increasing yield is a, is a key part of that. So how do we incorporate that into the overall strategy? And again, aligns a lot of our business incentives. So it's something that we shouldn't view as as extra or perhaps not part of your core business strategy. It's, it's very aligned with what we all have to do in this work. And I think that's becoming more and more clear as we move toward uh, some of these projections on demand. Now, Indigo Ag's potential relationships with protein producers are likely to be helped along by the fact that the new CEO, Dean Banks, is a former president and CEO at Tyson Foods. So on that note, what types of responses does the company expect to hear from U.S. meat processors and producers about Indigo Ag's offerings? 
Yes, we're really excited about Dean. We've gotten the, I've gotten to work with him over the past 18 months as he's been a part of our board. And he's been able to bring a lot of really insightful information about how protein companies can take advantage of these sort of programs in order to not only improve their bottom line, but also meet the sustainability targets that have been set by so many companies. So we're really excited about everything that he's bringing to the table, along with the relationships and uh, connections and areas of expertise associated with those that we've gotten to, to bring into our own ecosystem. So, uh, you know, he's just getting started. And I've already had some really, really insightful conversations with, with folks that are, that are deeply embedded into the, the protein community. And I'm, I'm excited to see where this continues to go. It's a very smart connection to have, obviously. Now, finally, it appears that Indigo Ag may be ahead of other potential competitors when it comes to establishing a complete feed growth to protein production paradigm relative to sustainability. What might be the next steps in this business approach, especially when it comes to gauging the impact of these current programs on a wide range of industries? That's a great question. For those that are following the broader scope three and sustainability policy landscape, they would know that there's a lot of change that's happening right now. And if you're someone who's a bit more tangential to that that space, you still might have even heard of some of the, the things that are coming down the pipeline. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see how policy guidelines, which are really the accounting frameworks that are used, will continue to develop over time and enable more rigorous reporting as well as broader scopes of reporting. So we can ensure that we're hitting all of the necessary elements of agricultural sustainability and, and quantifying those in real and rigorous ways. So that's an area of, of intense focus for Indigo Ag, trying to leverage the science and technology we've developed to the best of our abilities to ensure real and rigorous reporting. And the second piece that I would I'd emphasize again is just the, the very and highly collaborative nature of sustainability. I'd encourage folks to really just start talking to those that are within their networks about sustainability and ways that uh, we can work together to, to solve this problem and better understand what solutions your customers on, on either end of the spectrum are asking for, and, uh, looking for solutions to try and address both targets, but also just participation in these programs and answering that key question of how to ensure surety supply for the next 20 years. And no doubt, these things are not going away. So yes, it would be time to for people to start thinking about that kind of stuff. Our thanks to Ryan Jones of Indigo Ag for his insights on how protein producers can meet or even exceed their sustainability goals over the next decade or so. Additional thanks to our sponsor, Munters Corporation. And of course, thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in. That's a wrap. Until next time. Remember to tune in on Mondays to get the inside track on the people and the processes that drive the protein industry. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Meeting Place and Alt Meat magazines on social media, and be sure to visit our websites at meetingplace.com and altmeat.net.